Welcome to the Trading Raw Stories Podcast. I'm Rita Pira, the host with the most inspiring stories that you ever did hear. Back in the day when the day was back, I was known as the juicing queen. I became raw vegan overnight after watching a documentary called Food Matters. Changing what I was putting in and on my body didn't just make me lose weight and have great skin, it gave me mind clarity, more energy, and over time made me so self-aware and intuitive that I vibrate on a higher frequency and level of consciousness that's turned me into a manifesting queen. I've lived like nine lives and have amazing stories to share that may inspire you to leave that guy you're with, quit that job you hate, start that business you've been talking about forever, and at the very least, you'll probably start saying yes more often. I'm your talent like you need to hear it and make you do it, sister from another mister. I've lived quite the life and have stories for days that have inspired women and transformed their lives in real big ways. So I created this podcast to share my insane and somewhat unbelievable stories with the world to reach whoever needs to hear them. I'll bring on people with stories to trade with me and I'll even have some live coaching sessions from listeners calling in. You're here because you were meant to find this podcast, this community, these raw stories. There are no coincidences. Everything happens for you, not to you. And I am so glad you're here. What's up, guys and gals or just guys because I call everybody guys. Anyway, I don't want this podcast to be scripted. I don't. I want to bring you real and raw conversations that I have with people to give you the whole like, God, I wish I could be a fly on a wall kind of feeling or vibe because I've had such amazing conversations with women that I've transformed their lives. Well, actually, you know what? They transformed their own lives. I just inspired them to take action, to finally do the thing that they knew they they needed to do. It's almost like they just had to hear it from someone else that was kind of like a tell it like you need to hear it, just push you and fucking call you out on your shit, make you look at it and then do something about it. That's me. (laughs) I do that for you. So if you need somebody to like shake you to your core and make you do the thing that you're scared to do, hit me up. I got you. But anyway, so I've had a lot of conversations where I'm like, God, I wish I recorded that or that should be an episode. And so I started to secretly record conversations. (laughs) Shit's about to get realer. Is that even a word? I don't know. I'm making things up right now. It's after midnight. You know how I do, guys. I'm a night owl. Anyway, so let's get into this. First, let me just tell you, I have a guest for you. This is going to be some really deep shit. This was the very first recording that I did with anybody before this podcast was even a thing. It was like just an idea and I was testing it out. So I literally was on Zoom with this girl and I said to her, so tell me a story. And that was the whole concept. So I'm going to play that raw ass conversation for you. But first, I want to tell you about my guest. Her name is Angela Moore. She's a mindset activist and mindset coach for women who are experiencing pain in their lives that are looking to move past it so that they could attract the joy and fulfillment that they've always dreamed of. She's a mom, a former restaurant owner, a former tech manager. She's got a degree in psychology. She's also a writer who's been featured in the Elephant Journal and Thrive Global, just to name a couple. And she's determined to help women move past their limiting beliefs and into the lives that they're always like dreaming of and blocking themselves from. 
So aren't you lucky to learn from her story? You ready? Let's do it. So Angela Moore, tell me your story. Okay. So yeah, essentially I'm going to tell you my story. And the reason I'm going to tell it to you is because my story is the catalyst for me, you know, figuring out my own truth, which I and am now passionate to, you know, use for good and help other people with. So essentially, I grew up in a, a happy home, no real trauma or anything regarding, you know, my early childhood. But the truth is, is that I am an empath by nature. And about the time that I started to become a teenager, um, when social pressure and, you know, the, the need to feel accepted and, and liked kind of takes an even greater front seat than it maybe would have in earlier years. Um, what ended up happening is I became caught in a kind of like a, a conditioning cycle trap, if you will, where I made myself flexible to the needs of others because that allowed me to receive more validation, more acceptance, and um, just more, uh, more of everything that felt good as a teenager. And I was so, the same people pleaser for sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, that comes from um, the limiting belief that comes from that, I believe is I'm not worthy. Exactly. Or I'm worthless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and exactly the theme about believe. giving and giving and not taking like not receiving, not yeah. being able to receive. Like, yeah. if I may, when I moved to California, and I didn't have a job. And I was looking for one, I had to rely on my boyfriend at the time to pay for everything. And yeah. he insisted he was okay with that. And it still hurt physically in my body to allow anybody to do things for me. It crushed my spirit. It crushed my soul. It made me feel less than, like, I don't Absolutely. deserve this. I don't yeah. deserve for someone to be taking care of me. I'm supposed to be taking care of me. I can't count on anyone else. And then I don't like to feel like I owe people or they have something over me. That's another thing I discovered not having a job for the first time in my life. I've been independent on my own, taking care of myself and my mom. And I bought the house they live in and I buy the car she drives and I buy the phone. She Like even if I'm struggling and I can't, I still do it. I was always giving and giving and giving. And later I found out, I realized he was resenting me because I also reminded him of his ex because she wasn't working and wasn't doing things. I was like, I am not her. <laughs> you know what I think that is? the feeling of not being enough just who you are feeling that the only way that you are yeah. able to be worth something is if you are contributing like in like a tangible way or if you're doing you have to be listeners can't see but I'm nodding like I'm <laughs> right now yeah this, this is so true yeah. um I I definitely 100% feel that is very accurate I yeah yeah absolutely so it like, just comes down to like accepting that. And even more what it was, I, I learned this from my mom, bless her heart, but cooking and cleaning and taking care of the house, like you could eat off the floor of our apartment. It was that yeah. beautifully decorated and with so much love. And that that is how I show love. But mm -hmm. it's also how I feel validated. Yeah. I need to feel appreciated. And yeah. 
that is the, that is it. Wow. And that comes from the whole, I'm not enough and I'm not enough. And I do the most, and I don't feel like I'm worthy of anything. If I don't pull it off, if I can't wake up in the morning and make you breakfast or make you juice, or if I don't manage to squeeze in making you lunch or making you dinner or, you know, cleaning the house, like I feel I'm not doing my job. Yeah. And I, you'll judge me. And you'll look at me in a negative way if that's not like not done, but it's not expected of me. No. And it was never put on me. I put it on myself to be the giver automatically, just like and that. And we know this, like mm-hmm. we know that like we're the ones that have to change um, our own mindset about ourselves in order to even attract a partner, you know, that for instance, isn't going to resent you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that um, there's like narcissistic men Tend, uh, empaths tend to be attracting narcissistic men. This is what we're talking about. Tell me about that, yes. that part of your story. So, so exactly. So, and that's like a perfect segue because as I got yeah. older, um, it, essentially the way that I was, you know, my empathic giving, overly giving self, the self that also buried my own needs and my own truths, like super deep down, even though now looking back on it, there was like a deep yearning within me that probably manifested itself as like anxiety, depression. Um, and, and really all that was, was me living in out of alignment with who I was and, and not expressing who I was, you know, really at all. You know what I think about that too? Um, it's like your inner being is suffering on the inside and it's like, it's, it's clawing at you from the inside. Like, get out, leave this. Why are you here? Stop, stop, stop. Like, stop doing this to yourself. Why are you forcing yourself to stay? Why are you still doing this? Why are you still here? It doesn't feel good. Let's go. It's always just a signal. Yeah. You know, it's just a signal that you need to get back to yourself. Mm-hmm. It is. And then we don't pay attention or we ignore it or we justify staying or whatever the situation is. Um, but you're out of alignment, that's for sure, because you're not doing what your inner being or your soul is yearning for or, or no. deserves. That's what's going on. And I, I don't mean to reduce it to such like a simple sentence. It's just really collectively and individually us living out of sync with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's um, true. And then it's the, it's the energy too. So when you have anger or resentment or hate or fear all of these are negative, low vibrating energy. And yeah, so what exactly. happens is just like how you said, you manifest it into anxiety, right? Yeah. Or it can manifest into neck pain or back pain. Or yeah. shul- you know what I mean? So that's totally people don't realize that when you're, it's actually getting stored in your body somewhere. Totally. Yeah. And, and it can manifest as tumors. It can manifest as headaches. It can manifest as stomach pain or whatever disease or illness that you know or even anxiety and it's such a cycle it's like it's so it's just it builds on itself because when you're feeling that way then you are attracting everything to meet that vibration including like the foods that you eat and you know just really everything like around you and so that was like me and I and I feel like it like so many people just kind of kept snowballing um and it touches everything in your life yeah, really, like any time that something your job totally everything every mm-hmm. like friendships and so as time went on and I got older I continued to perpetuate this idea that when things weren't going wrong it meant that I wasn't trying hard enough or I wasn't giving enough mm-hmm. and so 
on another side, another like aspect of, of what I was dealing with was me not feeling like what I was doing was enough. And so I, in addition to attracting a partner in my 20s who was very narcissistic, um, like the perfect mirror to my, you know, my toxic empath personality, I would say, victim personality. Wow. Um, I was like the the perpetrator narcissist. Mm -hmm. I, I had also started a restaurant with friends, not because it was something that I was passionate about, but because it was something that I felt would finally prove my worth in terms of like career. And so it was meant to open in a big city in Canada, in Vancouver, um, with a TV show, filming the opening with, we had DJs that were the top in the city, um, you know, coming in and playing. We had a chef who was a chatelaine top women to watch, like, um, and so she brought, you know, a ton of press and accolades when she joined. Um, just a whole bunch of, of, of circumstances at that time that really, I, I didn't realize it, you know, while I was in it, but it was like creating a perfect storm of what would later crumble. Yeah. So um, that's the thing. Like you said earlier, you get signs, right? There's all these different signs and we ignore them. We ignore them. We ignore them for so long until one day the universe gets so loud with you. that you cannot ignore it anymore. Something Mm -hmm. has to be done or something happened that forces you to basically do what you're supposed to do from the beginning. I have so many examples of this. Yes. And don't you find that like right before the message is so loud that you can't hear it anymore? You know, for instance, like back to my example, I'm, you know, the universe had been nagging at me this whole Mm -hmm. time, but Mm -hmm. I was trying so hard that the situations that I was creating were getting bigger and bigger and bigger in like a, a a larger attempt to try to push those messages aside. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the boyfriend who was the biggest addictive, narcissistic, you know, toxic, just everything, (laughs) low vibration. And my gosh. That, that you could possibly imagine um, that plus the, the restaurant was my final attempt, my loudest attempt to run from myself and to, to prove to myself that it would all be okay as long as I just kept trying bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and so the straw that broke the camel's back was... I had walked away from the restaurant because it was so big. It got so big um, and and so popular that it was too much. That's Um, amazing though. You started a restaurant and then it became this big, amazing thing. And you just walked away from it. Like I didn't walk away at the peak. I, I walked away. It, it was big, but it was short lived. I, you know, it mm-hmm. reminds me of some sort of like, you know, live fast, die young yeah. saying. 
Um, it wasn't it was, for you. It wasn't feeding your soul. And no, you just paid attention to that. And there was no sustainable, mindful intent behind it. And mm. so it was destined to fail. Mm. That's um, true, huh? When something doesn't have the good energy, like the reason, the why behind it, it won't exactly. sustain itself. Yeah. It totally. never can. No. Um, That's interesting. And so I had walked away from that, which was the first tipping point for me. Um, I was emotionally and physically and mentally exhausted. I went back home to my parents' house and and I think I had like a complete breakdown Mm. and stayed with them for a week. Um, But the, the major catalyst was still to follow in that I was still with the boyfriend that I had attracted during that time. Yeah. And became pregnant with twins. And as time went on, that situation really shed major light on um, the really toxic, addictive, narcissistic behavior that that came out of him. And that really shook me because the really great thing about narcissists at the beginning is that they can be very captivating, very... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> unlike anyone that you would really meet. Yeah. They, they have a quality about them that is undeniably difficult to even resist, really. Oh, my gosh. So true. Um, and so the terrible part of that is that it can also flip on its head very quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that can be really difficult. To, I, I just went through that. And so had you ever been like with someone like that or known someone like that, that close worse before? I was okay. with someone worse. And then from then I just was dating. I wasn't looking for anything, you know, and even when I met him, I wasn't, but it yeah. just happened. And the way that it happened, the story is so amazing. Honestly, like we were, I was living in New York. He was living in California and we both had these circumstances in life that pushed us basically to go back home you know, and home was around the same area. Yeah. And we met the first month I was there. And ever since we met, we were inseparable. And and then we had so many crazy coincidences. You know, I don't believe that there's such thing as coincidence. So whether we were meant to be and end up happily ever after or not, I think that you meet people for a reason. Yeah. And because I met him, I grew in ways that I needed to grow in to the point where I'm on Zoom with you right now with a microphone and I'm on video and my hair is in a bun and I don't have any makeup on. Yeah. Like that is because of him, full credit. I will give him that. Because of him, I really stopped wearing makeup and then started realizing I don't need it. And this is coming from someone who was bullied in elementary school and then in high school like so bad that I wanted to kill myself in elementary school. I tried transferring. They wouldn't let me. Wow. I would go home crying every single day. I would be bullied and teased. Do you know what they would call me? Teen wolf. Imagine being a 11, 12, 13 year old girl being howled at like a wolf when you walk past. And then being called TW for short. Then they would howl. They, oh, oh, hey, TW. It's like, what? How? 
I'm the nicest, sweetest, kindest, biggest hearted person you'll ever meet in your life. And this is how I'm being treated for no reason because my skin was darker than theirs and I had hair on my arms and really thick eyebrows, thick, bushy hair. Like I was not a cute kid by any means, but imagine how a woman at my age or in my twenties or whatever, all my life I've been piling on the makeup Yeah, because of that. I didn't even have a chance to believe I was pretty or cute or whatever. It was ingrained completely. Yeah. I've gotten compliments. This is why women who go, when you compliment them, oh, you're so pretty. No, I'm not. Stop. Shut up. Like, that's where that comes from. They're restricting that flow of energy. Mm -hmm. They're not internalizing it because it's not what they feel. Exactly. They've been taught to feel. Mm-hmm. The opposite. And so I carried that with me all my life. And I'd look yeah. in the mirror and I would see flaws. Yeah. You know? Which is amazing because um, you know, if if this is something that manifests as an audio recording, you're actually like one of the most beautiful people. But <laughs> it's just amazing to me that someone <laughs> can be so beautiful yet, you know, still carry this belief. It just goes to show you that it really has nothing to do. It's so deep. It's so deep. With the physical. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I wanted to to talk about. And I love your story so much. And there's so much more to it and so much depth that like, it's just, I want it. I want people to hear it start to finish. I really, really do because it's so powerful. But I feel like there are so many different topics that I want to talk with you about because we both have had so many similar experiences that it's like, I'm going to have to have you on my podcast like once a week or something like that. (laughs) Because it's you're the perfect person, and you even have a degree in psychology. Like well, I've had to like stop on. myself to from going from saying to that additional tangents. Oh. You know, when you say other things, like yeah. I, I stop myself from piping in and saying like. But you should and my similarity that, in that situation as well because that's I, I, even more powerful. I up topic. You should do it. No, you should. Anytime that you have an inspired thought or an idea, and this is my problem with people when I when I have like a thought and it comes to me and it's like, oh, I have to tell you, I have to tell you right now. So I have to yeah. stop myself and hold it and remember it to tell you after you're done talking. Yeah. Because I don't want to interrupt you or take you off your, you know, your storyline, right? That yeah. you're sharing. But at the same time, it can direct it in the way that it should be going or was meant to go with that inspired thought. Why don't we talk about why do you stay in a relationship when you know it's not working? Totally. I want to excite people. Okay. I want to motivate. I want to inspire. I want I want the women listening that are in toxic relationships to feel inspired to leave. So I would say like one of the first things that I would address is like the why. Like what's the fundamental reason that we're not experiencing the life that we want, you know? Yeah. The first step is always to become aware of it. And the way that I became aware of it was through being rejected. Being Um, rejected? Yeah. My ex broke up with me when I became pregnant with twins. He left me. That's crazy. Then bullied me into trying to have an abortion and so on and so forth. And the catalyst for me was that I didn't have control anymore. And so 
I became aware of this part of myself when I had to let go of the fact that there was no amount of trying anymore that was going to fix anything. And that's what made me realize that this is something that I've been doing my whole life. And when I became pregnant, it shifted within me something that made me now want to focus on knowing that I had to focus on taking care of someone who now relied on me. And this was big enough to make me put down the rope that I'd been holding on to for so long that was always me trying to please a little bit more, try a little bit harder in every relationship that I had been in. And as soon as I put down that rope or put down those weights, it doesn't matter what you want to call it. It was just, I put down that energy and just like, let it go. That's where it began to heal. Wow. So the first step is really just whether you get pushed up against a wall and you are needing to change because the pain is like too big to endure and the weight is too heavy to bear. Um, that could end up being the catalyst for you. But one way or another, you have to get to that point where you realize that it's not, it's the, not the trying that's going to change anything anymore. It's, and, and the trying was never something that changed anything. It just got me further and further away from myself. Hmm. The only way to, to stop once and for all people pleasing is to put down that rope and realize that you don't have to do anything in fact, just to be being, loved or to be enough, just being is enough. Yeah. You know, we don't feel that, do we? No, we mm-hmm. don't. So tell me, what is people pleasing? There's two different types of people pleasing. There's people pleasing in like a, a productive, healthy way. And, and that's something that, you know, many of us do. And an example of that would be to do something nice for your spouse or, you know, do something nice for someone that you love, Um, Mm. buy something nice for someone, Um, Mm -hmm. do something if someone asks you to. Um, But the second type of people pleasing and the type that that we talk about that is very toxic is the type of people pleasing that puts us out of alignment with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's people pleasing in order to fill a hole within ourselves that we, that, you know, exist. At your own expense too. Like that's why you fall out of alignment because you're doing something that you're putting yourself out. Yeah. Too much. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and so that's what people pleasing is in this context. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as time went on, I put down the rope and something that we didn't talk about, you know, as much the last time we talked and that I want to be really clear on is the need, a second huge component to, you know, so step one would be becoming aware that there is a situation. Step Mm -hmm. two would be putting down the weight and just allowing yourself to feel all the emotions that you've been running from your entire life. But how do you do that? Like for somebody who's saying, okay, I think I'm a people pleaser and um, okay, I'm aware of it now. 
and what's how do I put down this weight? How do I feel all the things that I don't even know where they come from? I don't know what they are and why I am this way. What if it's someone who's never really put the pieces together, connected the dots from their childhood or where this came from or whatever it may be? For sure. I think one of the easiest ways, honestly, and I can really only speak from experience, Mm -hmm. but try sitting with yourself for a little while. Mm -hmm. Turn off any distractions and see what comes up. Because I'll tell you what, if there's mm-hmm. something there, it's going to come It'll up. It'll come out, if, if yeah. You're gonna, That's if, why meditation is so powerful. If you allow it. Yeah. This, if you give it the space, it will surface. If that feels too hard, because I do understand, like a lot of people, that's, that, that's a lot of people struggle with med- meditating mm-hmm. uh, genuinely, and I, and I know that. Yeah. Um, something else I would suggest is just writing. That is... Actually, I love that you said that. I've been reading The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron. Um, It's been coming up for me. It came up for me twice in the last year to read this book. And I have, I don't know, 10 books on my nightstand that I'm dying to get to. And so many that I'm halfway there. I put them all on hold to read this book. And one of the things that she says to do is morning pages. And that's three pages of writing. Yeah. Just, th- I mean, it's crazy when you're just trying to journal a paragraph or a page, you end up like, you're like, okay, I have nothing else to say, but then you have to write three pages. Yeah. First thing in the morning. And it's yeah. kind of like a brain drain, she calls it. Yeah. And so you're emptying all the busy thoughts, the things that, you know, so then you clear that, then you have room for creativity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you get to the root of it usually. Mm. So step one is becoming aware that you are a people pleaser. Own that shit. And step two is put down the weight and feel the feeling. Stop carrying that with you. Let it all out. You can meditate or you can write. You can go out into nature. Just be alone. Sit with yourself. There, there's, there are many ways to do it. Uh, but the key is to be without distraction mm-hmm. and again to just be with yourself and whether that be just again like in with your own mind or, or through a more like expressive means art is another like way to express emotion creatively mm-hmm. and to um help just, identify it's really the, the whole point here is to help identify um what it is that you need to understand about yourself and what it is that you need to move past because if you can't do that then you can't move past it right like how how can you bring awareness to what you don't know that's true Um, that's definitely true i got my people pleasing from my mom for sure yeah i i was i I grew up watching her cook and clean and take care of everybody putting herself last I put myself last. I'm going to have Nancy Levin on my podcast and we are going to talk about putting yourself first and setting boundaries and two books. So that'll be really good because I learned that from my mama. Um, And how amazing is it that she's giving you this opportunity to be something, not necessarily bigger, but um, more aware in Mm. your own life. 
Mm-hmm. Once you become aware of what it is you're trying to heal, the next step is to change your thoughts about it. And this takes a lot of practice, but essentially the, the idea here is to observe the thoughts that come up and find your way to better ones regarding the situation. I love that. You know, Gabby Bernstein, right? Yeah. So she has this whole choose again method. Have you heard of that? No. Yeah. It's, um, it's basically, I mean, what we do, what you just said, like it's known, I guess, to spiritual people's like, okay, just had this negative thought. I'm going to shift that and reframe it to a positive one and believe that one instead. Yeah. And so something that I want to say about that is that for big thoughts, big thoughts about, let's say, something, you know, really scary that's happening in the world, let's say, mm-hmm. say let's say that's something that's really stressing you out, or a big, you know, limiting belief about yourself that you've carried with you your whole life, and you're now just becoming aware of it and trying to shift, right? Mm. Not fe- always feasible for someone to just simply choose better thoughts right and then believe them right away yeah yeah that doesn't happen that can be big too big of a leap Mm -hmm. so she's choose the next best or the closest to feeling good the next possible one and then another one and then another one and exactly so it's it's i i try to refer to as as more of just like a softening of the negative Mm -hmm. thought first Mm -hmm. don't don't try to just go from like you know, I'm worthless and nothing to, you know, like I'm, I'm worth everything. And, you know, I'm perfect just the way that I am. Because yeah. again, like that, that, that is too big of a cognitive leap. Um, and so I'm really not that familiar with like the particulars of Gabby Bernstein's methods, but yeah. I have a feeling it's really similar. similar. Yeah, definitely. And so let's take this pandemic for an example the anxiety and the fear can be, you know, something along the lines of "Ah, the world is in such a like terrible state, you know, so many people are dying, so on and so forth, you know. Um, And so a a softening of that thought would be to say something along the lines of, I don't have to figure this all out right now. Um, Yes, there are a lot of things going on in the world that are beyond my control. But there have been times of, you know, good and times of bad in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that everything crumbles as a result. In fact, if I look out my window right now, I can see that the sun's still shining and the birds are still chirping. And actually, it's a really beautiful day. I'm actually really lucky because I have a home. I have clean water. I have a healthy body. And I, now that I think of it, I haven't even really been sick in a while. Me uh, too. I like, never get sick. I eat healthy. And, and I mean, this is just an example of how to slowly soften the anxiety that you feel around like the pandemic and, you know, getting sick and so on and so forth. That's just like one example. Yeah. Of, of That's a good one. Patterns. And what I was saying after that was just, you know, an example of how to just slowly inchworm your way toward better feeling thoughts by just focusing on kind of one thing at a time. So again, it's just softening and 
slowly and gently turning towards something better. Yeah, that's definitely so, the way for sure. Yeah, that, that's what I would say can be applied to any situation. And if you practice that enough, not only finding better thoughts, but be before that becoming aware of your negative thoughts when they come up, mm-hmm. you're going to change your whole life. And it's not going to be easy at the beginning, especially um, for me as I, I went through everything and I gave birth to my daughter and still continue to experience, you know, complete postpartum anxiety because I hadn't quite caught up with myself yet. Um, it really felt like for a long time, I was just treading water and hanging on for dear life. And although I would apply these principles, there were so many times where I felt like they weren't working and that it wasn't helping. And I really felt like the old saying, attitude really follows behavior is true in in a lot of circumstances where you are still very much in a place where you're still not feeling good and you're just at the beginning stages of being aware of all the negativity, but yet it's still all around you. Yeah. Um, you just need, my, my number one piece of advice would be to just not give up because you will over time create new patterns but sometimes it can take a little while. And I don't want to overcomplicate it because the truth is, I don't know about solving every problem with just like simple, profound solutions, but like, I really believe that like the best solutions are actually like really simple. They really are, especially like the morning pages thing that, that alone, just writing three pages a day in the first thing in the morning, just brain dump, brain drain, three pages. Yeah. You do that alone, that'll change your life. Exactly. Like I, I feel like we overcomplicate a lot and we psychoanalyze a lot and we mm-hmm. you know, like read we, into things and, and we read into things, but it's really just comes down to being aware of your own thoughts and then finding better ones. Yeah. Since we did go through this people pleasing bit and got some good strategies for listeners to to take um, take away and apply in their lives so they could start seeing changes in positive ways. I think your thoughts definitely become your reality. And I heard Deepak once say that when you take a look at your current circumstances, they're a result of thoughts you had before. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing more important than your thoughts right your now. thoughts it all starts with your thoughts your because thoughts gonna... are beliefs right yes so your beliefs are what are creating your emotions your emotions are creating behaviors your behavior is creating your life exactly so if you change your thoughts you change your life mic drop <laughs> I love what you're doing. I, I think that you are meant to be doing this. Really? Yeah. Shut your face. You shut up right now. <laughs> you're very intuitive. I am. I feel energy. I feel vibes. I could tell when someone is not happy, not liking me or defensive or, you know, just developed an opinion. I can see your face develop an opinion. It's insane. Yeah. that's really good you're in the right like field it's wild so as I'm sitting here recording with you I'm thinking thoughts that I should not be thinking that I catch that are negative yeah that completely contradict what you just said about me 
So I'm like, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe I'm bad at this. Maybe this is, you know, maybe she's not enjoying it. Maybe I have no idea what I'm doing. And maybe I shouldn't do this after all. Like that is what I started thinking. I'm like, this sucks. I'm doing a terrible job and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm really being a judgy perfectionist. um, And my ego's talking me out of this because I'm inching closer and closer and closer to actually making this real. Like I've been talking about this for so long. I've had so many ideas about it. I finally got clear and I'm taking action and I'm doing it. And so my ego's like, fuck, she's really doing it. And then I'm going to fuck with her while she's doing it. So there's something called the upper limit. Have you ever heard of Gay Hendricks? No. The, I got to write this down. He, he has a series of books, but one of them is called The Big Leap. And what he talks about is this huge conundrum that often happens to people. He, he calls the, this idea um, you moving towards your zone of genius, which is essentially, you know, what it is, whatever it is you're expressing in your life that is in like the complete alignment with who you are and expressing that as your career, essentially, your life's work. And that's your zone of genius. But on the way to that, he also talks about your upper limit problem where you will, your ego, <laughs> won't say you, it's, it's more your ego. As, as you're moving towards it, so you're talking about, you know, like you've been talking yeah. about this podcast and you're taking the program and yada, yada, and you're mm-hmm. doing it, you're actually doing it. You There's will. There's a limit to where I will allow myself to go or get to. Without trying to self-sabotage yeah. yourself. Oh, I am such a self-sabotager. And so it's this idea of like, you you know, people, he say he studied like, you know, countless people and had like tons of clients where this happens to like, for example, like they'll get like the promotion that they always dreamed of, but then like they'll get in a car crash like the same day or like something they will manifest. And then they'll lose it because they weren't able to maintain that vibrational energy that attracted it in the first place. They, they cut off that flow of energy because yeah. it's, it's too uncomfortable. They so don't believe that they deserve it. Yeah. You know, that's, they don't believe really... that it can be allowed. Yeah. And that's actually what happened with my last relationship. Um, he basically started to self-sabotage and normally that would have been me years ago. Like, interesting, yeah, yeah because my upper limit, my, my fear, my limit is actually getting married and having kids. And when I got with him, I overcame that belief and it came from being afraid of getting hurt and like losing freedom. Those two things yeah. tied together. So if I'm not in a relationship, I can't get hurt. I've only witnessed painful relationships all my life, right? And I've even been hit on by married men. So it's like when you're talking about self-sabotaging and my upper limit, my upper limit is like, oh my gosh, I'm getting too close to getting married. Run, 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 ruin it, ruin it, run, run, run. You know, but then you said people feel like um, they saw, what did you say? They don't deserve it. So he, he, I think, felt like he didn't deserve love. He never got love like as a child and whatnot. And so felt like he didn't deserve it. And then once he had me and the way I love, I'm so nurturing. I'm so giving. I'm so people pleasing. I just give, 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 give. I never put myself first. Got it from my mom, right? We talked about that. And so it was, he loved it so much. Could not believe that this was how much love he was getting and attention and like never had it before. It was out of, it wasn't congruent with what he believed he was allowed to have, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's another example of this, this upper limit thing you're talking about. Beautiful. I love that you told me about this. I I feel like I've heard it before, but I didn't know the guy's name or what the book was or whatnot. But I definitely believe that we have these limiting beliefs that that's what they are. They limit us. We don't believe we can have more than this much money, you know? Yeah. 
So, so for example, I actually told myself, I'm like, I want to make six figures. This was a couple of years ago. I want to make six figures. I deserve it. I was working on my money mindset, right? So when I got my W-2 for a job that I had a couple of years ago, it came, I swear the universe is fucking with me. It was $99,996. That's like so hilarious. Because it's like, I still didn't make the six figures, but it's like, it is, it's a few dollars away from seeing that number. So it's like, okay, I manifested until I started doubting or, you know, letting that creep back in. So I still subconsciously didn't believe that it would ever be possible to make that much money. Right. That is so crazy. It was wild. It was really wild, but yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, before we sign off, I wanted to tell you, you totally remind me of the girl from Modern Family, Alex with the glasses. Oh, really? The younger sister? Oh my gosh. Is she younger? Oh, is she? Do I know who's Alex? The sister? Oh, the older one? The one that- With the glasses and the black hair. Don't, I thought both. That's why I didn't know who you meant because both of the sisters had glasses, didn't they? No. One of them was the hot, dumb one and the other one was the nerdy, hot one, like becomes hot one. But like you look like her as her older self in the show oh, when she's I've like seen the earlier shows. Yeah, no, the she's she now in the show she well they I think they just ended it finally, but um she becomes like super attractive and you know cuz she's like this nerdy girl in the beginning so she becomes yeah. she becomes a hot nerd instead of just a nerd. <laughs> Well, thank you. But yeah, you you totally remind me of her. Like your the shape of your face and the way you talk and your demeanor. It's like very her. It's cute. It's good. It's a good thing. I promise. Google her. (laughs) All right. So, any last words or any takeaways? Anything that you want people to know? Just listening to you. You know, when you get into podcast speaker mode, you sound like you are meant to be doing this. I think you're you're serving those women that are like who you used to be. Yeah, basically. I know because I still am pieces of that. You're always evolving and growing and learning. And I see, I look at every experience, every person that comes into my life, even for a moment, it's for a reason. It's a mirror of how you're feeling or thinking about yourself and your life and what steps you need to take and what you should focus on. It's yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. This was so much fun. Thank you. I love you. You're amazing. Thank you. Tell everyone where they can find you. Inwardrising.ca is my website. And inwardrising.ca. Yeah. Okay. I'll include that in the show notes. <laughs> and you can follow me at inwardrise on Instagram. Inward rise. Inward rise. Am I following you yet? I don't know. I don't know if we even talked about that. No, I don't think we did. Well, I will be following you, my dear. Great. Okay. Okay. I love okay. you. Bye. Okay. Have a great night. Bye. <laughs> you too. <laughs> See, didn't I tell you? that it was raw as hell and real as hell and just so damn good, I wanna know what you took away from it, but I'm gonna give you some takeaways. Y'all ready? Number one, people pleasing comes from feeling unworthy and unlovable. Love cannot and should not be earned. You are worthy of love as you are and without doing anything. Just being you is enough. Number two, you have to change your beliefs about yourself in order to attract the partner that you want. Number three, pay attention to the signals you're receiving to get back into alignment. Number four, 
everything is energy. Negative and low vibrating energies like fear, anger, or resentment is getting stored in your body and is manifesting as illnesses. Number five, don't wait until the universe gets super loud with your ass to force you to do the thing that you know you're supposed to be doing. It'll get ugly. Do it now. Number six, watch out for narcissists. They have a quality about them that's undeniably difficult to resist, but for your own good, run. Number seven, there are no coincidences. Everything is happening for you, not to you. Number eight, you're beautiful. And when someone tells you so, say thank you and feel that shit. Number nine, anytime you have an inspired thought or idea, act on it immediately. Don't block the flow. Number 10, trying and trying to make things work is only pushing you away from yourself and out of alignment. Number 11, become aware that you're a people pleaser. Own your shit. Number 12, put down the weight and feel all the emotions you've been running from your entire life. Number 13, sit with yourself for a while. Focus on your breath. Turn off distractions. See what comes up. There's something there, it'll come up. Give it the space, it'll surface. Number 14, if meditating is hard, start journaling. Go out into nature. Just be with yourself without distraction. Number 15, observe the thoughts that come up and find your way to better ones. You're not gonna be able to jump from a negative extreme thought to a positive one, so don't try to take that big cognitive leap. Soften the negative thought. Number 16, your beliefs are what's creating your emotions. Your emotions are creating your behaviors. Your behaviors are creating your life. So change your thoughts, change your life. Number 17, your current circumstances are manifestations of beliefs and thoughts that you've had in the past. Number 18, as you move toward the thing that you're meant to do, your ego will make you self-sabotage because you have an upper limit. To help with that, read The Big Leap. Oh my gosh, so those were all the takeaways that I got from it. I wanna know what you got from it. So meet me on Instagram at rawveganrita and at tradingrawstories. And in the Facebook group, we have a private community. Oh my gosh, it's 11-11 as I'm saying this. Please join me there. Let's hang out. Let's get to know each other. Tell me your story and tell me what you took away from this episode, the other episodes, what's your favorite episode, what you learned from it. What? Oh, just I just want to connect with you. So meet me there. Let's hang out. Let's get to know each other. And if you felt like you got something out of this episode, I feel called to ask you to think of one person that needs to hear it and share it with them. Text it to them, email it to them, whatever floats your boat and also if you would be so kind as to leaving a review you know kind of be nice though because i have that fear of judgment thing still kind of lurking deep 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 (laughs) um no but really if you would leave a review that would be so helpful and i'd really appreciate it and yeah that's it so thank you so much for being here i know that you have a gazillion other things to do with your life podcasts to listen to books to read people to hang out with restaurants to explore now that they're open so thank you for listening i don't know where you are in the world i'd love to know but yeah let's connect and let's uh talk again next tuesday yeah sweet have a great evening morning afternoon whatever the it is i love you bye